Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. Fast Model Sports is the world's most comprehensive versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and iPad to providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. It doesn't stop there. Along with FastPro, they have other great programs such as Fast Scout, which helps coaches create clean, professional scouting reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by all NBA and WNBA teams, 85% of Division I college teams, and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and playbank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills on their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and today, one of my favorite people in the game, Mike Bray, the head coach in Notre Dame. Michael, welcome. Brendan, great to be with you, buddy. I, I uh, you know, before I got on today, I had flashbacks to the five-star basketball camp oh. when you used to look, you looked out for me when I was a 14, 15-year-old uh, point guard from Morgan Wooten at DeMatha. I think you were in Fairfield at the time. Well, I, well, you know, I, you know, I was, I was uh, the I was the first camper ever there when we had 48 campers. And uh, I, I, I was that. going into my sophomore year of high school. UB Brown was my high school coach. And you, right. you had Morgan as your coach. Yeah. yeah. What a disappointment I was to UB. <laughs> you know, my God. You know, but he, you know, so I went there and uh, and I played in the league as a rising ninth grader and then went throughout uh, high school there and then. Uh, during college, when I was at Montclair State in New Jersey, I went up there and I was a coach. And I coached in the NBA as a college freshman, sophomore. I coached in the NBA, you know, with all these great coaches, you know, Patino, Pete Gillen, and, yep. you know, Davey Odom, and all these guys, Fratello. And uh, that's how I learned to coach. 
had five that, star. That's how I learned. That five, that, that five star network is uh, there's a great history of those guys learning and and talking hoops late at night, and that's where you learned it on the camp circuit. You learned a game. Well, you know, the, you know, uh, young coaches always ask us, Mike, how, how do you, how do I get into what you're doing? And I said, well, you know, you, first of all, you never would have worked for what I worked for at a, for a week of camp. You know, seventy five dollars right. for an overnight camp, seven days, and then you know, and, and then we would. I would spend 10 weeks. I would go to all different camps from Duke when, uh, you know, Chuck Daly, when UB were there, UB brought yep. Fratello and I down to be, and Brian Hill, who was a, later the coach of the yep. Magic. Down there, we were counselors. Davey Odom was the coach at Durham High. And we would, that's, uh, that's where we learned how to coach and teach the game. And, uh, and, and, but, you know, and I, that was my big week of the summer because UB gave me, uh, Give me a hundred dollars for the week, man. I thought I hit the lottery, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's that. That was it, Mike. And and the thing about it is, you know, you know, you had to learn how to coach, and that was that was it. And I think about the guys that were there; it was spectacular. You know, my first job when I was working with Dick Vitale in Detroit. Uh, he said, "Go, go to Washington D.C." I, I'd never been to Washington. I don't, I've been to Washington, but I really didn't know anyone. Twenty-one years old, and he and he says, "Go to." To Matha, go to Mac and go to St. Anthony's, you know, and go see those guys. Well, I don't even know what the hell you're supposed to do. So I go in, <laughs> I go in and see Morgan, and I'm shaking like a leaf. And, and he goes, "Sit down. What's your name?" I said, "Brendan, Brendan, sir." And he goes, "Oh, I love that name. My son's name, Brendan." And he took care of me from <laughs> then on, right? I mean, like no one else. And I, I'd say to Vital, I love this Morgan Wooten. He said, he didn't even know who you are. I said, call him up right now, boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was great, you know. But that's how the relationship thing is so important. And that's the part of the game that I just love as you do and stuff. So I want to know, you've had a great year as the NABC president. You've been president Ooh. of our association. You did a hell of a job this year. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I mean. And what did that have to be like, Mike? Well, you know, it's and you got involved in the board. They uh, yeah. got me involved with the NABC board about 12 years ago. And then you're in this succession plan to eventually be the president. And I kept looking and going, and I think they have me for 10 more years because you can't <laughs> leave. You can't leave till you're 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 done. And, and, and certainly, you know, uh, um, there's a lot of guys that have been part of it and to help and try and shape the game and the rules and. You know, of course, one of the things we tried to manage about a year ago this time was, you know, Jim Haney, who started the organization, sure. Brendan, 29 years ago, was getting ready to retire. And, you know, just recently, you know, we made a hire uh, as a new executive director. And, and you know, and Craig Robinson yep. is the new executive director. And, and there was time where, you know, Jim had, was getting into retirement mode and, and uh and there was uh, a changing of the guard. So I think it's really exciting to, to, to see what Craig will do for the organization. Um, in, in any other normal time, we probably would be more involved uh, as we were before the pandemic. What are we going to do with the transfer rule? What are we going to do with name, image, and likeness? What are we going to do with uh, you know recruiting rules? But all of those things seem to be very much a backseat right now. Mm-hmm. Um as we try and figure out how to save the basketball season. I think we're in a mode of, you know, football's the thing being talked about now. But, you know, let's be real honest. We, we're we hoping like heck we play college basketball this year. And, and, and so 
Uh, I rotated out after 12 years with the NABC, and there's some good young legs coming behind me, Amaker and Frank Martin and John Calipari and, and all of those guys. But, you know, to, I, 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 I work for Mike Krzyzewski, obviously, sure. and I saw how he was involved with our organization and giving back and trying to help and trying to help young coaches. And, um, you know, so I felt, you know, uh, if you, the game's been good to guys like you and me, and I've said, God, how can I give back and how can I help and how can I shape it? But, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, it's funny, Brendan, we have an ACC head coaches meeting. We do a Zoom every Wednesday morning and we've really become therapists for each other because I told somebody, I, I said, you know, for the last three months, I feel like I wake up and I'm down 20 at halftime every day, you know, and, and what do you say when you're down 20 and I'm running out of stuff to say and. Um, and, and so, you know, we're really in the mode of, you know, how do we save this thing? What happens if fall sports don't go and could we play after Christmas and play a league, all the things that you're hearing about and everything's being thrown up on the wall. So, uh, I am, I, I, I do miss my players. We all yeah. do. I, I haven't been in the gym teaching. We haven't been working at our craft on the court since March and, and they miss it bad. I miss them. They're coming back August 1st. We're bringing our guys back August 1st. And I can't wait till maybe we can just get in the gym because I think it's going to be therapy for all of us just to practice and work together at our craft. Um, and as far as games go, we'll see how the fall plays out. Well, I think the, you know, I think the, the guys that have been in this, it doesn't, the longest maybe, uh, we're all about relationships, and and that's what you're talking about. The missing of your, you know, it's your extended family, your players, yep. and uh, yep. they miss you. Even though sometimes during the season they don't think they miss us right at all, <laughs> but they really do, uh, and they they miss someone really trying to help them. Uh, you know, at at something that they love, and I think that's that's something. That if you were, uh, you know, and every day, every day, whether it be on talk radio or anything, everyone's got you know an idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, you're so into it. I mean, uh, let's just say football is delayed or conference only, or and we see fall sports are getting pushed back or even canceled. What what are the alternatives if we don't have a regular start to bat, uh, to you know that's, men's? I basketball? think that's a great, and I don't think anything. You know, the football's been the thing being sure. tried, figured out right now, and and but but and basketball's been on a back burner. But I know one of the things we asked our associate commissioner Paul Brazo the other day was, you know, do we have a plan uh, from from a January one to a March tenth start? Well, we do have a plan. The contingency we would we would jam twenty league games into a January one to March tenth model, and kind of go from there. So there's a whole, you know because as you said, Brandon, my concern is if fall is pushed back or suspended, will they really allow us to play our? We open with Army on Veterans Day here in South oh. Bend, which I which I just think is the coolest thing. And right now it's still on the on the board right but are they really going to let us play and travel in november and december if fall sports are somewhat shut down the other dynamic we face and i don't know if you guys are facing this but i've seen we're starting school early august 10th and we're ending thanksgiving weekend and so would they really let our players hang around 
you know, in a hotel or whatever, and if the student body's not there. And I don't think anybody has the answer to that, but my gosh, we're wondering about it. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, uh, many, many great universities, they don't think coaches care at all about education or know anything about education. But uh, I happened to see in the spring in my readings that uh, Notre Dame was way ahead of people as far as academically uh, with the students basically you know, voicing their concern about, you know, hey, I'm doing Zoom and it's, I missed the teachers. And to go to a potential pass-fail for classes, if you so elected, rather than grade, if I'm not, if am I not correct on that? And we did, we gave them in the spring semester yeah. the option for pass-fail or the letter grade. And I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I literally sent an email to the president of Stetson and said, this is, I think it's a great idea. And Notre Dame is doing it, and Duke is copying them. That thing was in in a week. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if it was my idea, it still would be on the table. But you know, and I think that was great. And I think you know, you know, you, you know. I think the other thing, the academic calendar. When I saw that you guys went to the calendar prior to Thanksgiving, were done, and I, I, and we went to that too. So yeah, it, we're guilty it, of plagiarism. That's seems, all. That's all. It, yeah, no, no. <laughs> it seems to be. It seems to be the movement now. What does that do to the November, December non-league schedule? We're supposed to play in Brooklyn in the Legends Classic the week before Thanksgiving. Right. You know. Well, right now, I wow. look and go, "Are we going to get on? A, are we going to travel to Brooklyn?" And you know, I, I just. So wow. I think we're, we're. I think we're all rooting. Us basketball guys are rooting like heck for fall sports and football to be able to break the ice a little bit and do something because if they can get something going, then it opens up for us. Now the one thing I said to the ACC coaches last Wednesday, and we're all down and we're all knocked back on our heel. I said, you know, spring sports at our universities completely wiped off the board. We played 31 games last year. Now we would have been an NIT team and we missed that not being in it. There was sure. obviously the NSA tournament was. And if, so if we played 31 games, didn't get to play the postseason, but we played, we played pretty much a full season. Mm-hmm. Spring gets wiped out. Fall gets wiped out and basketball comes back for something. We we probably are positioned in basketball to maybe save something and get something out of this. So I guess you know we'll keep saying our prayers and lighting candles at this grotto up here at Notre Dame, you know, as much as possible. <laughs> no, I I think that's the thing, and uh, you know, like we got thirty three games in, and you know, we were going to go to a CBI for the first time in t- in team school history. They were going to go to a postseason tournament, and you know what? And the kids lost out on that. But you know what? They got thirty three games in, which is great. So you know, and the baseball program there is phenomenal. Sets, and then they didn't get to play at all. You know, hardly. So I I get it, and it's really unusual. But you know, this has been for coaches. I think. It's been your first sabbatical in your coaching career, right? Almost as it, far it, as, you know, and it I, has Brandon. It's funny. It's funny. You say that, you know, th- I just finished 20 years here. Right. And you know, you, you, you know, what? you've been in this a long time. You're, you're, you're on the merry-go-round. The season ends April recruiting. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. And when it did end, like it did, I ended up in, in Florida because my son's over at IMG Academy for the month of April. And I visited my grandchildren and I actually, awesome. it was a bit of a leave of absence. It, it was a bit of an energizer. Now, you know, I came back in mid-May and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. And everybody said, well, nobody's going anywhere yet. Right. But, but, but there, I think, I do think 
some of us, maybe it's more the veteran guys, you, you, you kind of step back a little bit. You got some energy. Obviously, I think moving forward, recruiting will never be what, what it was before this. We will, you know, we've learned, we've learned a virtual visit. We've learned to do things. And I, and I, and you, you and I both know this. I would look at the time and the money we've spent in recruiting sometimes and go, Oh my God, how do we do that? And, and I, I think when we ever get back to kind of normal, I'm not sure we will be running around on the road and, 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 and that's probably a good thing I think because it, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think a lot of kids, have you seen it, Brandon, I mean, to hear what you think. A lot of kids are making decisions. They're pulling the trigger. They're looking and they're going on zoom and they're, they're not on campuses, but they're going, I better take this opportunity because I don't know what the future holds. Well, we're seeing it in uh, Notre Dame football. You see it in LSU football. Uh, they're yeah. getting so many commitments now early because the kids are afraid they're going to miss out on where they want to go. And that's not all bad. And I think we're going to see it in basketball too. I really do. Uh, I agree. Yeah. We were, I was in, this is a funny story. I'm in, I'm in Bradenton beach all of April. I just, and uh, it was snowing in South Bend, so there was no use coming back to South Bend, and I couldn't recruit. My players were all sent home. There's two kids we signed. I never saw them play. I never met them face-to-face, and they've never been on my campus yet, and they both signed with us, and they're both really good young prospects for us, and that's the world we're in. And, and, and you mentioned the football kids are starting to pull the trigger, and I think the basketball thing – I told my staff the other day, I said, we better get our Zoom game and our virtual visit game going here because, you know, kids are pulling the trigger, man. We just can't, you know, sit here and wait till somebody can visit campus because no one's there's nobody coming officially to visit our campus. <laughs> even even if it's a, no one's coming to anybody's campus this fall. I agree. And, and uh, it, 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 it's just not happening. And, and you know, back in back in June, the NABC was talking about a live period in September. And I said, gentlemen, there is no way we're going to be allowed in any schools in September and then be allowed back on our campus. And if we go on the road to watch prospects again, Brendan, in April of 21, that that probably is as good as it gets. And that may be too soon, the way this thing is going. So, you know, we're all adjusting, but you mentioned it, man. We miss our guys. And I tell you the thing that I think the biggest, I told the ACC coaches, the mental health of our young people, I think, is the key here moving forward. And I've tried to tell our players, we're coming back in the fall, but I want you to think of the fall like the summer. We lost the summer. You weren't here for summer school. You weren't able to do your stuff. I want you to think of the fall as summer school. We're going to get in. We're going to work together. We're going to be in our bubble. We're going to work together. We're going to practice. We're going to do inner squad. And you know what? Maybe that's as good as it gets for the fall semester. And I actually proposed, I said, if, if we, we have our bubble, we're practicing, maybe if it loosens up, could I go down and scrimmage Valpo 45 minutes away in November? Cause they're in my region sure. or could Michigan state, could you have a scrimmage if you lose your non-league games on weekends? And, and you know what? That may be even too much, but. No, I think that's a great every contingency plan's been thrown up. You know, uh, one of the you things. Know, yeah, um, one of the things I thought about, Mike, was Mike. if uh, you know we talked about if you know with the academic calendars, I think a great training camp for your our players would be uh, 
you know, post-Thanksgiving, that whole month of December up to your first game, it's almost like you'd have the kids on campus for four to five weeks. And did you know what I learned in the NBA? You get a guy, you can get guys ready to play exhibition games in one week. You know, we we act like in six weeks we can't. We you know we don't have any time. Trust me, in three weeks you can get a, these kids ready to play because you also have them in the fall. You know, right. conditioning and stuff. You can get them ready even in that time period. You know, and uh, even if they give you limited practice time prior to that, you know. But you, you make a you make a great point, Brendan, and I know from your NBA experience you see it. But all of us, you know, after four practices, our guys look at us like, "All right, we're done with your drills. When do we play Duke?" <laughs> and 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 the one thing about basketball where we can make a comeback in this crazy world is we're nimble. We're nimble. What do we need? Some sweat socks, a ball. We can go shirt and. Skins. We don't need helmets and all that stuff. And we're nimble, man. And and maybe in the midst of all that, we, you know, and I agree with you after, after two weeks of practice, our kids are like, let's roll. Let's who are we playing? Let's get going. So, you know, that's a great point about, you know, post Thanksgiving training camp, work on your skills and, and, and maybe we play basketball in January, and, January one. So. And we have no academics at that point. So you, and there's no uh, rules about how, 20 hours of practice and stuff. Not that right. we're going to do a lot, but, you know, you can work out, you know, one, one session can be all shooting. Another one can be yep. actual five on five stuff, you know? And so, and there, you know, you can do film study, you know, as part of it, you know, because they don't have to worry about the academic a- angle of it. Talk to me about some of the guys that you had, Morgan, Wooten, we briefly touched on, we lost him this year. God, I loved him. And I can only imagine what it was like to play and coach with him. But give me in uh, you know a minute or two about Morgan, and I, I, what I also loved about Morgan when I met him, I said, I, I, "Coach Wooden, how are you?" He said, "Call me Morgan." I'm saying, "Call me Morgan." He had all of his <laughs> players call him Morgan. Isn't that? I love that. I love he, that. You know, I and and you're right. We 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 lost him in January. Boy, did he have a good run, and Ooh. and uh, and what a mentor. And you know what he was, and 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 I still. He was a teacher and an educator first. He was a great educator, a great confidence giver to young people. And I was so fortunate when I played for him. And then I came back and coached with him. And I was a classroom teacher for five years as he was. And and we were both in the history department. And, and so just being around him on both sides of the player and then starting my coaching career, just, you know, no ego work with your guys, be a teacher, uh, understood kids, great ability to connect with young people. And, uh, and my gosh, you know, I, I, I'll miss his text. You know, I, he was 84 and he'd still text me after a game and, really? you know, we'd play Georgetown and he'd text Mike, your guys are getting open too close to the baseline against the press. I was like, God bless you coach. <laughs> Keep it coming. And, and, and uh, you know, so, so, uh, so I was so fortunate, Brendan, you know, and you had great mentors too. But you know, many you know our mentors started as high school educators, yep. high school teachers, and coaches. And there's something about that that um, has really helped me, I think, handle young people. You know, whether you're coaching at Notre Dame or Delaware or whatever. You know, uh, you know, you can remember. Uh, you know, I had. A UB, as I mentioned, and a UB used to always say, if you're a tremendous coach, 
you should also be the best teacher in their high school. I remember he great, great line. And he was, he was the best teacher in our school. He taught business law and they could have put 500 in a class, but you know, it filled up so quick. And I, I bet Morgan and yourself teaching history, the most boring subject in the world that you guys made it come alive, man. I bet Morgan, it was incredible. Morgan Wooten's ninth grade world history class was, you know, that what he was a great, great teacher and, and, uh, and I tried to kind of follow his footsteps sure. in, with U.S. history. I don't. I was nowhere near as good. But but that's a great point about Hubie. And and I think you know you look back. We all we all kind of started that way. And and uh, and and I I was blessed. You know I was blessed too. My parents were both high school educators, so I was around that, that all the time. And and around that. And then you know I was fortunate enough to go down with Mike K for eight years in Durham. So. Like you, Brendan, you and I have had unbelievable mentors and training. We better have picked something up, you know, through the years with the people we've had around us mentoring us. You know, I, I, I can't let it slide before we talk about Mike, but I had the pleasure to meet your mom and dad. And boy, for one minute, please talk about your mom. What an extraordinary <laughs> woman she oh, oh. was. Talk about as an athlete, too. Amazing woman ahead of her time, you know, uh, she was a physical therapist in the army. She was an Olympian, swam in the 56 Olympics. I mean, just, you know, back when there was no women's athletics, right. no, no, women, no woman got a break in athletics. And she just kind of barged her way in there and was the ultimate competitor. And, um, and, and my gosh, so, you know, I was, yeah. I was really fortunate. Of course, that was a challenge, too. It's kind of tough when your mom was an Olympian, anything you ever did in your, in my young athletic, anything I ever did is like, well, yeah, your mom is an Olympian. I was like, God, I, I can never close the gap on her. Yeah, she was great. Uh, talk about Michael. Now I've known Kay since my God, when I first got in coaching, when I was at Fairfield, he was at army, got to know him and, and, and amazing. And then we had to dream team together with Chuck and everything, yep. but talk about what made him so special when you in learning from him you know what i remember when he hired me is first thing he said to me on the interview he said you know mike i don't want anybody coming down here to do that doesn't want to be a head coach you're going to get your hands on every part of the program and 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 i was so thankful for that because eight years after when i went to delaware i felt like I had my hands on everything with him, recruiting and running a camp and scheduling and, you know, speaking for him and doing clinics for him when he had rotated away from doing clinics. And you go do that one in Atlanta. And, and, uh, and, and you know, Mike and Morgan, Mike Kay and Morgan Wooten, a lot of similarities as far as the ability to communicate, being teachers, the ability to connect with people and, and understand the the classroom or the audience and how to approach it. I, I was, you know, he was a master, a really a master at that. And then I think, you know, the thing that I still respect about the guy and I've got to deal with him because I'm in the league sure. with him now, Brendan <laughs> is, you know, here he is 70 plus years old and the intensity of wanting to win and compete. God, I respect that day to day wanting to beat your butt that he still has in recruiting or whatever. I, I just, tip my cap because I'm 61 and I'm looking, I'm going, okay, when, can I still do that when I'm 70? I'm not sure I can. And, and, you know, I think that's what sets him apart. He's got an amazing uh, edge about him to want to compete every day. And 
and, and uh, but but a, a fun guy to be around. And uh, and now you know we we it's neat to be a little bit of a contemporary with him in the league, and and uh, you know have to coach against them. And he was very very involved with the NABC and really helped me during my presidency with the NABC with some thoughts on how we should take the organization. So. Um, uh, one of the one of, one of the special ones, no question. You know, he the thing I really love about him is that he uh, he he believes uh, so much in the brand of college basketball and understands that it's a huge business, at, especially at the Power Five level where you're at, and uh, and and thinks that we need to. I mean, he's been advocating for a commissioner of basketball for years, and and I think he's right on the money. Uh, you know, and I, I just no, no, nothing wrong with anyone that's you know Danny Gavitt or anything like that. I'm not. I think he's terrific. Uh, but you know that just someone, as Jay Billis has said, you know that should just be. There's too much going on, and you know the NCAA can't handle 353 teams, let alone the Power Five. So you know, I just think he's way out in front of everything. He, even though he's 72, 73, 74, he. He thinks like a thirty-year-old. That's what I love about him. You know, he's still, so, still, so sharp. still a progressive thinker. And and you know what happened in the midst of Jim Haney's retirement? We made a run at Dan Gavitt to try sure. and hire Dan as our executive director of the NABC. Sure. And what happened, I think, may have really helped us because the NSA came back and really sweetened the pot and gave him a better deal with more juice. Good. And the combination of him, he's, I almost say he's moved to be a basketball czar, as Mike Kay has talked about and Jay or commissioner, but he's pretty close now. Good. After going through this process. And then I think you had Craig Robinson coming in as the new, I think those two guys together, the next five years, and of course we got to get out of this darn pandemic, but the next five years of those two guys, I think we actually have some juice in co- college basketball that we've all been talking about, and certainly Mike K has talked about it forever. Yeah, I think that would be great, and I love Craig Robinson. Always have. I think he's terrific, and uh, it's just a, a great guy to get there if you can get Dan. I think he's just going to be a great leader for us. Uh, last thing, you know, coaching you, you know, we're, we, we're in, you know, 60 to 80 countries a week on our podcast and, uh, videos in almost a hundred countries and stuff, but, and we love the women's game in a huge way. And, and your partner there, mm-hmm. Muffet McGraw for years, just incredible 33 year career. And then, you know, of course, Neil Ivy, who I think the world of coming in there to coach, uh, you know, one of the strongest women's programs in the country. Talk about Muffet, if you would. Well, Muffet's program has, you know, for me, 20 years watching Muffet work uh, down the hall was an inspiration mm-hmm. and um, just a special person, obviously a Hall of Famer. I, I love the fact that she's going to stay on in a capacity here with the university and the athletic department. Oh, great. Um, yeah, she is going to stay around and, and just a total pro. And I've loved her and her intensity and day-to-day drive, again, an inspiration. And I just love that we were able to bring the LIV back. You know, family, a Notre Dame woman who was part of all the success here as a player and as an assistant. And I thought she did a great thing. And you saw she went down to the Memphis Grizzlies Mm -hmm. for a season, got out of the college game to learn more 
And I think she comes back to us even more confident taking over the reins as head coach. Well, you know, we saw that with Carol Lawson and we're seeing it with so many other gals that uh, they're going down there and they're, it, they're, and I don't mean this the way it might sound, they're not token hires by any means. Yep. They're they're yep. hired and, they're, and Brad Stevens treated Kara and I'm sure that at Memphis she was treated so great uh and they're and you're to be one of his staff to work with the best players in the world <laughs> and to treat uh, with the respect it's a confidence booster for her and i think it'll just be great it'd be great yeah she she is uh she is back and we're actually we're actually opening our offices up a little bit here and we're starting to see each other again which is you know <laughs> that's you great know, you yeah. know how it is like the men's and the men's and the women's programs in college on college campuses need to you know, you kind of build off of each other, your support system for each other. You talk to each other, you bounce ideas off. I've missed that, you yep. know, not being in our facility and not seeing the women's assistants walking in. Hey, congratulations on a great recruit or how you doing? And, you know, that camaraderie is, is I think we've all missed that. But we're starting to get back in the offices this week. And it's kind of cool to see everybody. So give me uh, give me your prediction, my friend. Uh, are we are we going to see football, Notre Dame football this year? I think we're going to see Notre Dame football. I don't know, Brendan, if we're going to see the Irish playing football on Labor Day weekend. We're supposed to play at Navy, which wow. would have been such a cool game. On it was going to be campus. in Ireland in Dublin first, it, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's moved. I'm not I'm not sure that one goes, but I think we're going to get something in. I think we may be working with the ACC to play a few more games with the ACC. We're contracted to play five under the arrangement we have with the league, but. I think we're supposed to play Arkansas from the from the SEC. They're supposed to come to us, and maybe that'll still happen. So our football guys have been back about a month. I didn't bring my guys back because I just wanted the football experiment mm-hmm. to be on its – I wanted it to be on its own on this campus, and I didn't want my guys around, and we didn't have access to our facility. And so I said, I'll see you guys August 1st. Football's been here about a month, and, you know, they're, they're – COVID test results have been amazingly low. And so we're just crossing our fingers because we've got 6,000 students rolling into, rolling into South Bend here August 8th. And we'll see how we go from there. I'm sure it'll be great. Last question for you, Mike. Uh, when the, the Notre Dame persona academically growing up as a Catholic kid in Jersey, I mean, uh, that was, that that's our Harvard, so to speak. And, uh, you know, and, what is it like, the whole environment? Dickie V, who went to Seton Hall and Patterson, for crying out loud, he's taken on that. He's got his doctorate there. You know, he's so happy, you know, but and his girls went there. But tell me what the Notre Dame experience is like for the kids that you recruit. Well, Brendan, you're right. Dickie V has really drank the juice up here, hasn't he? He has sipped it hard. Holy and, water, uh, holy water. <laughs> and, 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 you know, what was a dagger to him his two grandsons that he wanted to come here to play tennis went to duke i he he was so pissed off for about six weeks i had to kind of talk him off the ledge but but i you know for me i pinch myself still on a daily basis after 20 years to be at an institution like notre dame and what it means to you know education and to the kind of young men i've had I was looking back, I've had 51 guys come through here in my 21 years and um, all that have finished their eligibility here have all graduated. We don't really have one and done guys. We have guys like 
Johnny Mooney who are around for four years and get better. And, and, and you look at them now and they come back for reunions and they're Notre Dame grads and some are in basketball and some are in business and some are in law and some are in medicine and they're with their kids. And you look and you go, oh, my God, I have been so lucky to be around the kind of young people we attract here. So, um, you know, it's it's, uh, it, it, it's really been fun. I've, I've been a Midwesterner for 20 years and, and uh, you know, I love living out here. No, <laughs> it's great. No, and I, you know, I, I remember when I was with the Pistons and Dumars and I were running the Pistons and I. And I went to go see uh, our friend, uh, Mr. Murphy, a fellow Jersey boy. That, yes. uh, and and I, I came to get, I got a scouting ticket, and uh, Kevin White was the AD, and he said, uh, you can have a ticket if you come and speak to my graduate school program. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the most enjoyable teaching I've ever done because you're talking about some of the brightest MBA students in the country, and they were fabulous. And I just love doing that. And Kevin's a dear friend, and man, what a job he's done too. So you get great he's people been, there, boy. I'll tell you, it's, oh, it's fantastic. We've been lucky. Well, we have really been lucky. Kevin White, now Jack Swarbrick, and and uh, um, now we've been really, really fortunate. And and, and uh, again, like we all said, Brendan, I'm August first. I'm just excited to see my guys. I you know we need to be around each other a little bit and. I told somebody, Brendan, the first practice, we may go layup lines for an hour and be like hooting and hollering because we've just – that, that'd be good enough. That's I, that's all I ask. We can go layup lines for an hour just to be in a gym together. I love it. I love it. Mike, you've been a great friend, and I really appreciate our friendship over the years, and I can't wait to see you again in person, my friend. And um, uh, it's, it's really great, and I hope we all get back to work real soon. You stay healthy. I miss you. And, and you're one of the good guys in our keep doing your thing with coaching you. It's it's really important and really powerful. Thank you to Coach Mike Bray, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish. I'll tell you what, we've known each other a long time. And what a coach. He's one of those guys that we could have done about three hours with. We've been planning for four months to do this podcast. And every time we tried to do it, something came up on either end. That was of significance to our lives or to our business. And But Michael is one of the great, great coaches that we have. Uh, what a leader as the president of the NABC. And the, the biggest thing you see is this is the same. He's such a down-to-earth guy. He's a high school coach turned college assistant turned head coach and has just had an incredible run at Notre Dame. Uh, but one of the things that you can see that he missed was the relationships. We're getting close to getting back to coaching. So be ready as you get back to make sure that you're totally prepared. Go on to coachingyoulive.com forward slash best of coaching you, and you'll have opportunity to get some of the best videos there are in basketball to learn at an incredible, incredible savings for you. Looking forward to talking to you next week. This is the coach, Brendan Sir. 